I exposed my dad as a fake special forces veteran to everyone he knows. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. This all started several years ago during my parents' divorce, but the finale took place this November. First, some backstory. Growing up, my father was an emotionally abusive piece of crap who got off on religious authority and controlling every aspect of our lives. We were kept so isolated and made to fear the police slash CPS to the point where we thought it was normal. After I went off to college, my little brother came out as gay, and my father started beating him, unbeknownst to my mother and I. When my brother threatened to tell my mom about this, my father kicked the then 15-year-old out of the house. My mother was understandably horrified by this and tried to get my father to see sense, at which point he started hitting her. Long story somewhat short, I got my mom out. My brother went to live with friends, and divorce proceedings were started. It was nasty. No one wanted to go to the police. My father was friends with the local small town cops. And thankfully, my jerk-faced sperm donor agreed to a no-fault divorce. While my mom was cleaning out her stuff from the house under the watchful eye of her amazing co-workers, she found my father's discharge papers. This is where everything started. You see, my father spent his entire 25-year marriage telling everyone that he was a special forces vet who had been awarded a Purple Heart and Bronze Star which were both coincidentally destroyed in a house fire along with his uniforms and paperwork. But here were his discharge papers, and they clearly stated he was given an other than honorable discharge after four years in the motor pool. Not wanting to be seen as the vindictive ex-wife, my mom quietly took the papers and didn't tell anyone for years after my father moved away to a new state to join a militia. When she finally told me while tipsy this past year, we hatched a plan. Over the next few months, we snooped on social media to make a list of his former and current employers, family, major friends that we knew of, and his church. She enlisted our extended family and I, my college friends, from all over the country. In November, we each purchased Veterans Day cards and wrote out messages such as Stolen Valor, Motorpool, Pretender, etc. Everyone attached a photocopy of the page listing his discharge. And then we sent them on the same day from the nearest major cities with the return address listed as his current church. They arrived on or around Veterans Day from Atlanta, Orlando, Washington, D.C., New York, St. Louis, Kansas City, Seattle, Portland, L.A., Houston, Ontario, London, and Edinburgh. Immediately, my mother was inundated with calls and emails from people who had no idea and couldn't believe he was like that and were sorry for not believing her and my brother. My jerk-faced dad sent a nasty email implying horrible things if he ever could prove my mother did this, which she forwarded straight to her lawyer along with the nasty letters from his more vocal supporters. Now, most people in our hometown look at her as the battered spouse who walked out with her head held high, rather than that tramp who divorced such a godly man. My little brother has no idea we did this. He didn't want anyone to confront my father. But later, he told me he got a random call from our old pastor apologizing for kicking him out of the church over my father's lies. And I can finally sleep well at night with the knowledge that his reputation is in shambles by our hands. Revenge truly is a dish best served cold. But that jerk deserved it. Yeah, I'd say this guy deserves everything he got. And then some. It never seems to fail that people who are jerks at home like to put on this front to the rest of society. That they're some kind of hero or something. In this case, apparently he was viewed as a godly man and bragged about being an ex-special forces vet and having a purple heart and bronze star and all these things, when in reality he was just a piece of crap. Goes to show you never know what's going on behind closed doors. 
My entitled mother begs me for money despite just buying a new house and car. A little backstory. My mom, who's on SSDI, top tier, almost $2,800 a month, has a very hard time budgeting. Last year, she decided to sell my grandparents' house in South Oregon to move back to the Seattle area. She got the house by having my grandma with dementia change the will and cut out her two siblings, my uncle and aunt. And after my grandma passed, the house and all the savings and belongings went to my mom. So she sells the house and instead of buying a reasonable home, since she has limited mobility and a bad prescription drug addiction and falls often, she buys herself and her three cats a 4,000 square foot home in a gated community. There was literally no money left over from the sale and acquisition of the home. I had to help pay for a moving van and helpers. Before this, she had a settlement from a slip and fall lawsuit of roughly 50k, which she instantly rolls into a brand new 2018 Toyota Highlander. She had been left my grandmother's 2009 Aspen SUV, but the gas mileage was not good enough. Then she backs into a tree and busts a taillight on the new car a few months after buying it, goes to the dealership to fix a taillight, and decides she needs a brand new 2019 fully loaded Highlander with a tow package. And she has nothing to tow, so this is a mystery. She trades in her 2018 with 5,000 miles on it and takes out a $35,000 car loan. And this is on a fixed income and she always has money trouble. So now we're at like $80,000 worth of car at this point. Excellent. She's constantly begging my brother, sister, and I for money. We're 38, my brother, 36, me, and 27, my sister, and all trying to establish ourselves in our lives, careers, and financial security. I'm a stay-at-home mom with two young kids. We live off my husband's income as an apprentice tradesman, and we have to be very frugal. We qualify to live in low-income housing, and I find ways to be resourceful, like donating our time and vehicle to help a local food bank, so we're able to get some food as well as help the community. We don't own a home or brand new fancy cars, and if you take away rent and do the math for just two adults, we live on less than her monthly SSDI. Yet every month, she has a sad story about how she can't afford X or Y. She finally canceled her $175 a month TV plan. I've asked her more times than I can count to please not bring up money matters with me, and I've offered to help her budget, but she refuses the help and only wants money. Well, she brought up the money the other day when she came up to our apartment to visit the grandkids. But really, she came to pilfer the food bank transportation we do every Sunday before we drop off at the food bank. This time, she's saying she didn't have enough money to pick up her prescriptions. This is just after she told me she gets her prescriptions in the mail. I think she has a drug-induced dementia from the 15 years of benzos and opiates. I told her I could spare $15 for gas money, but that was all. I explained we're a family of four living on one income, and we have a tight budget. I remind her that she's had plenty of opportunity to save or spend her money more wisely, so she takes the $15 and goes. I get a call the next day of her crying saying that the way I brought up her poor money choices was terribly upsetting, pretty much making me out to be the villain and her the victim. This self-victimizing routine is her go-to. It's exhausting because I've done so much for her. I put my life on hold for five years after college to be her full-time caretaker. She fell and needed a hip replacement and got hooked on opiates. I couldn't hold down a job or any healthy relationships because I was constantly being called back home to get this or that for her, take her to her doctor's appointments or whatever. I could literally write a novel in all the ways I've helped her. Screw her for trying to make me out to be the bad guy because I don't give her money to get extra prescriptions to fuel her addiction. Screw her for even putting it out there and begging my family for money when she has so much. And lastly, screw her for never respecting my boundaries which I need to preserve my well-being. 
After her sob story phone call, I was upset, and it took me a few hours to get my head on straight. I wasn't a good mom to my kids at that time. So, to be a better mom to my kids, I'm putting old mom in timeout. I need a break from that entitled jerk. No, original poster, I don't blame you. You do what you need to do. Sometimes, you just need to cut people off. It sounds like our poster's mother has really never had to worry about money because everyone keeps giving it to her. She clearly doesn't understand the value of a dollar if she's pulling all kinds of moves like this. The car switch in particular is one that I just totally cannot get behind. And $175 for TV a month? Come on, just get Netflix. Maybe if she stops getting help and actually has to budget because she now has no choice, maybe she'll learn to have a little bit more respect for how much you help her. When taking advantage of young employees goes terribly wrong. Buckle up guys, this is a long but oh so satisfying story. Once upon a time, there was this HVAC subcontracting company who did small scale projects for the local municipality. Enter me, an 18 year old girl fresh out of high school looking for a job. I got hired at this place as an administrative assistant with no experience whatsoever. The person who interviewed me was this horrendous jerk of a human being named Erica. She did not work for the company, she was just the owner's mistress. This becomes important later. This was to be the start of a very long and painful experience but one that I got my revenge for in the most spectacular ways possible. My boss was this very tall, very intimidating man from Ghana named Dave. He was huge, like six foot seven. His voice was deep and he was quite an intimidating man. Despite this, he was a very calm and mild-mannered person who rarely ever raised his voice. He did a lot of his shady stuff with a smile and a tip of the hat, like a true gentleman. He owned the company and considered himself to be successful, but he was by far the shadiest person I've ever worked for in my life. I didn't realize at the time that many of the things he would have me do were illegal, very illegal. Now, a very funny and ironic side note here is that both Dave and his disgusting pile of crap side piece Erica were very, very religious. As in, I have a master's degree in theology and will remind you every chance I get religious. Dave was married and had a wife and three kids back in Ghana, but he had his little plaything Erica here in the States to keep him entertained. His wife was not aware of Erica's existence and she did not consent to this arrangement. Now, one would assume that since Erica was the one who interviewed me that she works for the company, right? Wrong. This jerk had a very good job with the US government and would regularly email me, or more like micromanage, from her government email address regarding my work back at the office. She was located in an entirely different state and would visit every few weeks to bang Dave and call it work. It was during one of these trips that she hired me to work there. Erica was a master at mental torture. She was nasty, rude, and would dial back all of her evil ways when Dave was around so he believed she was the perfect angel. She was well into her 50s and would regularly bully me, an 18-year-old girl. I lived an hour and a half away by train from the office and had to be in at 8am. I was also in college so I would go straight from the office at 4pm to take classes until 10pm. She would call at 7.55am sporadically and if I wasn't there yet would leave a message asking why I was late. She would always make snide remarks at me when I needed clarification on something, like, do you speak English or do you just not get it? Mind you, I was an 18 year old given the job of an HR director. I was in charge of all office operations, payroll, union benefits, insurance certificates, IRS forms, bank accounts, child support claims, unemployment claims, the works. He had one 18 year old running his entire business. I'm by nature a very organized, punctual, and technologically savvy person and they took full advantage of that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There are some super illegal slash shady things he had me doing, such as changing dates on insurance certificates to make them valid even though they weren't, paying union workers off the books, falsifying payroll documents, using literally any method to avoid the IRS, such as opening new bank accounts, putting things in his wife's name and things like that, falsifying approval signatures for projects, and pacifying vendors that he owed money to, while sweet-talking them into sending us more equipment without paying, along with so many other things that I can't think of at the moment. He never gave me the context of what was going on when giving me these random assignments. It wasn't until later on that I started to put two and two together to figure out that most of what he was doing was shady. I worked at this place for a total of three years, and regularly had mental breakdowns in the office because of the sheer amount of work, bullying, and pressure from Erica and Dave. I'm talking ugly crying while doing my work because I didn't have time to just cry. Anyone in their right mind would have quit, but I was in college and got paid under the table which kept me on my health insurance and able to pay for my textbooks and schooling with no debt. I went to a cheap city school so I didn't have to take out any loans, and not going into debt was more important than anything in the world to me. I would have slaved for as long as it took as far as I was concerned. Side note, during this time, I hired a lovely young woman named Lily to help me make copies and answer the phone while I ran the entire company. She was a student and around my age and had great work ethic. Erica would bully her, too. So we had a great friendship and a mutual burning hatred for this creature that calls herself Erica. She helps me exact my revenge on these cretins later on by giving me documents, information, and whatever I needed, since she was still logged into the company email long after she left. Now, I have stories for days about the various screwed up things they did to Dave's various co-contractors, his employees, and myself included. But this story's already long enough, so I'll tell you about the time Dave told me to take a vacation. You look stressed. He sent me on vacation with two weeks pay and said a lot of pleasantries about how hard I work for him, how he couldn't run his business without me, and yada yada yada. It was all lip service because when I returned the Monday after my two week vacation, I see some guy sitting at my desk using my computer. Of course, I figured it was a mistake or he was a new engineer using my computer for drawings. Well, tough luck for me because the next minute I hear Erica and Dave walking to the front office where my desk was located. I had no idea Erica would be there. 
and she traumatized me so much that my body would physically react to her presence. Heart racing, sweating, anxiety, everything. They took me into the back in Dave's office and said something along the lines of, You're fired. To put the icing on this steaming crap pile of a cake, Erica made up some convoluted excuse as to why they couldn't give me my money I was owed from working overtime the week before I left. I saved up my two weeks pay, so it wasn't the end of the world. But oh boy did that last bit peeve me to no end. I stewed for two more weeks while I finished up finals. I kept going over the various scenarios in my head where I was belittled, talked down to, disrespected, shamed for not being religious, and taken advantage of. These jerks have to pay. And so I started my beautiful waltz of revenge with the IRS. I texted Lily and told her to start looking for a job ASAP because it was about to go down. She replied that she was already putting in notice since she got a gig at the hospital. Perfect. I began by filling out all the whistleblower paperwork and memorized all of his information, including his tax ID number, so that was a breeze. Off to the mail that went. My next stop was the Department of Labor. Same routine. Filled out the forms, sent it off with a smile. Next stop, the labor union. I sent an anonymous letter detailing how he was avoiding paying benefits by hiring union guys under the table. But wait, there's more. I then proceeded to sign up Erica's government email address to every single marketing, adult entertainment, and spam site I could find. All of them ranging from very niche adult entertainment to discounted Ray-Bans from China. Then I contacted the insurance agency whose certificates he had me alter and told them not to work with him anymore because of what he was doing. I stopped myself from making copies of Erica's mortgage application and tossing them off a building because that could be traced back to me and would be illegal. I'm glad I didn't do that though, as the universe had plans for her. We'll get to that in a bit. I sat and waited for a few weeks, and slowly the responses from various agencies trickled in. Many violations were filed against him, and various liens were placed on every single asset he had. He no longer had any insurance, so the major contractors would no longer work with him. In less than six months, the company went kaput. Fast forward six years. I'm sitting in my apartment enjoying some fine wine when I get an email from my old AOL account that I haven't used in years. It's from Erica, but her personal email address. And I see it's a mass email to everyone in her contacts list. It read something like this. Please help. I'm stuck in Italy and have been robbed of everything, including my money and passport. If anyone here could help me, I would really appreciate it. I'm stranded here with nothing and don't know what to do. Cue my hysterical laughter for probably 10 whole minutes. And yes, I did reply back to her email. My reply was short and simple. LOL, is this real? And that's the story of why jerks shouldn't take advantage of young employees. Good job to our original poster for making sure that this jerk got what was coming to him. I'm sure a lot of people would walk away from this just to be glad to be done with this terrible experience. But our original poster put in the time to make sure that these jerks don't ever get to do this to anyone else ever again. Along with exposing them for taking advantage of pretty much everyone else they were in business with as well. People who run their business like this, really shady-like, love to hire young people to do these important jobs because they know that they don't know what they're doing and don't know any better. It literally is just taking advantage of someone who doesn't understand what they're doing. But this story goes to show that just because they're young doesn't mean they can't completely screw you over. The only thing we didn't get the follow-up on was what happened with his wife. I feel like that really would have rounded out the story if she got to find out what was going on between the boss and Erica. Maybe we can just assume that little tidbit for ourselves. My entitled sister-in-law thinks I'm the jerk for not letting her miracle baby be the flower girl at my wedding. I'm a 27-year-old female. 
and my older brother and sister-in-law, both in their mid-30s, just welcomed their first child a year and a half ago. After years of trying, after many failed attempts, sister-in-law was told that she wouldn't be able to conceive due to a medical condition she has, and they finally got pregnant. Since having my niece, the baby has been the center of attention at every family event we've had since she was born. Birthdays, weddings, family get-togethers, you name it. Now, don't get me wrong, I love my niece, but it can get to be a little too much when my sister-in-law goes on and on about how long they tried to conceive, complications they've had, miscarriages they've had, etc. Like, a little too much info. Many family members have commented on how it's a little bit excessive, but no one has said anything because they don't want to sound like a jerk. Anyway, I'm getting married in the spring and my brother and sister-in-law approached me last weekend about having my niece be the flower girl. Now, my fiancé, 35-year-old male, has two children, 10-year-old boy and a 6-year-old girl, from his previous marriage. His son is one of his groomsmen, while his daughter had asked to be the flower girl when we told them the news that we were getting married a year ago, as it's something she always wanted to do. So, of course, we said yes. So I explained this to my sister-in-law when she asked about my niece. She asked if my stepdaughter can just carry my niece with her. I said, I don't think she'd be comfortable with that considering she's six. She then asked why I can't give that role to my niece and allow herself to carry my niece down the aisle as the flower girl. I said no because I already promised my stepdaughter. She then started going off about how my lack of effort to incorporate her niece is disgusting her. I should honor her in some way since I know how long and hard they tried for my niece. Now, I may sound like a jerk for this, but I got kind of fed up and snapped and said, incorporate my niece how? By the time the wedding comes around, she'll be around two years old. The entire family already knows your story about how long and hard you guys tried for her. What more do you expect me to do to honor her? She started crying and said that clearly I don't love my one and only niece and I'm letting her down. I said, of course I love my niece, and obviously she's going to be involved in pictures and stuff, but I'm not going to let my stepdaughter down by giving my niece a role she's too young to remember anyway. Well, now my sister-in-law and my brother are peeved with me for not letting my niece be flower girl, and are running around telling the rest of the family that I don't love my niece. My mom had been trying to stay neutral, but thinks my stepdaughter would understand if I explained to her that I need to give that role to my niece. I'm firm in my decision though and my fiancé is thankful that I didn't let his daughter down. So what do you think? Am I being the jerk? Absolutely not. You are perfectly right to stick to your guns. Every parent thinks that their child is a little angel, and I get it, they worked really hard for her. But yeah, after a certain point, the story just gets repetitive. Not to mention, this role has already been promised to a six-year-old girl. This mother needs to take a step back and look at how she's acting and realize that there are other children in the world that also want to be happy, that might actually remember this event, and that she's taking that away from a six-year-old. I think that should answer the question right there on who's being the jerk. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.